This is Reverend Charles Fenson. I'm the interim pastor at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa, California. This is the morning worship service. Our address is 2850 Fairview Road, Costa Mesa, California, 92626. Our website is pccov.org, and our Facebook page is pccov. And our email is info at pccov.org. We welcome you to this service. Our vision statement is that the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant is a Christ-centered community set free by grace and placed in our neighborhoods to serve and to invite all people into a wondrous relationship with God. God bless you as you worship with us. of God, 
Good morning, friends in Christ. Welcome to worship. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. I'm Pastor Charles, and I have a cold. Can you hear it? You can. But I'm not contagious, so it's all, it's all good. Today is the last Sunday of Epiphany. We move this Wednesday to Ash Wednesday. We have a service of worship here. The imposition of ashes. It's a, it's a brief, thoughtful, reflective service at 6.30 on Wednesday evening here in the sanctuary. And then we begin this 40-day season of Lent. Welcome to all of our visitors here. Uh, Jeannie Johnson, former member, is here from up north. Where is Jeannie? Welcome home, Jeannie. Welcome home. And Maddie is here in the choir. She is our guest soloist this morning, helping out with our music. Thank you, Maddie. Uh, are there other welcome home from up north? And, and stand up, give us, give us your names again. John and Laurel, welcome home, welcome home. Other guests, please stand up and give us your name. Guests. Hi. Hi, Diane. Ah, there's the connection. There's the connection. Uh, other guests that we may introduce and welcome, stand up and give us your name, please. From where? Massachusetts. From Massachusetts. What town? Uh, Worcester. Worcester. Sure. Do you know where Thompson, Connecticut is? Yes, I do. Yes, I serve the Thompson Congregational Church right there on the common. Welcome. Welcome. We're so glad to have you with us. So please sign the friendship books and pass them along that we might have record of your worship. We might greet you by name. The Lunch Bunch will meet this Wednesday at the Golden Dragon at noon. Uh, next Saturday, we're all going up to hear the Walden Show up in Long Beach, and uh, that's going to be at 2, 2.30, so we're going to carpool here from the church at 1.30. So if you'd like to come and hear Walden's uh, radio, old-time radio show, uh, that's going to be at 2.30 in Long Beach. We'll carpool here at the church at 1.30, and also some of you are going to Pirates of Penzance over at Vanguard University, so see Elsie if you'd like a ticket, or are they all gone? Four more. Awesome. Today we are receiving our deacon offering. This helps out people in our community with some bills and so forth, so we'll ask you for that. And today is our potluck, our first of many, first Sunday of the month potluck. If you haven't brought anything... We have so much food, so please do stay. In fact, I brought a big salad. salad, right, huge salad. So please do stay and eat salad today. Next Sunday is our discovery class. If you'd like to learn more about our church, we're going to meet at 12 noon over in the fireside room, those of you who may be new. And we've got a new thing from our deacons. We have a transportation table. If you'd like a ride home today... Don't take Uber or Lyft. Take one of us. So transportation table, if you'd like a ride home, uh, please uh, note that. So many announcements today. Are there others? We're glad to have you here. Please rise.
Greet your neighbor in Christ. Say hello to someone you may not know. You may not know. Have a seat. We've got just a couple of things more. You're making a joyful noise this morning, and that is good. But we want to call ourselves to worship. So if you could find a seat, that would be great. I have two more announcements. Two more announcements. Today is Jeff and June Elston's wedding anniversary. Good job. And the per capita that some of you may not have written a check for is that number's in your bulletin. It's $34.80. This goes to our Presbytery, our Synod, and our General Assembly, so don't forget your per capita. And Carlina has an announcement for us. So this morning, sorry, um, if you notice in the front of your bulletin, there's a, um, the first paragraph talks about a Lenten sacrifice. Um, I don't know if Nora Anderson is here, but she actually, hi, she actually brought this to um, our mission and outreach team. What we're doing this year, it's, it's a clothes for cash clothing drive like we've done in the past, but this year what we're going to do is um, each day of Lent, you'll take something out of, if you want to participate, you'll take something out of your wardrobe, it could be a shirt, it could be a pair of shoes, a belt, um, they do purses too. Take it out of your wardrobe or your, you know, your drawer and pray over it and thank God for you know, giving it to you and for use of the item. Then take the item and put it into a um, white um, kitchen bag. And then what we're going to do, so do that every day of Lent starting this Wednesday. And then what we're going to do is don't bring your bags in until the end of Lent. So Lent obviously ends at Easter, but we're going to be collecting the bags the following Sunday on April the 28th. So I hope that makes sense. So every day of Lent, just take something out, pray over it, and then keep your bag at home. And then at the end of, or on April 28th, we'll bring all the bags in, and hopefully we'll be able to get 100 bags because then Clothes for Cash can pick up. Um, we've, we've raised quite a bit of money um, in the past doing our clothing drives. And this year what we're going to do is we're going to split the um, profit between Operation Christmas Child for the boxes that our children pack and uh, Habitat for Humanity. So, um, like I said, it's a, kind of a nice way to clean out your closet and thank God for, um, for the items that you've been blessed with. So, if you have any questions, just let me know. Thank you. Thank you, Carlina. Will you please stand for our call to worship? Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. God, who said, out of the darkness, the light shall be shone, is the same God who made light shine in our hearts to bring us the knowledge of God's glory 
shining in the face of Christ. Please pray with me. O God, glorious and faithful, to those who seek you with a sincere heart, you reveal the beauty of your face. Strengthen us in faith to embrace the mystery of the cross and open our hearts to its transfiguring power that in love, that in love to your will for us, we may walk the path of discipleship as followers of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Please join us in our morning hymn, Morning Has Broken. Please be seated. And may we have all the boys and girls and youth and young of heart come forward, sit on these steps, top steps. Good to see you today. A lot of guys, mostly guys. Yeah. Hang on, girls. Hang on. Where's Everly? She has a friend in the nursery. Oh, a friend in the nursery. Okay. All right. So, ever sneeze? You sneeze? And you sneeze a lot? So, what do your friends say when you sneeze? Nothing. Gazuntite. Mostly, God bless you. What does that mean? God bless you. What's another word for bless? Thank. Pray for. 
ask God's wholeness, healing, shalom. What does that word mean? Shalom. Peace. Peace be upon you in your soul, in your body, in your spirit. What do we have here? Bread. And what's under here? And juice. So we share the table of Christ, the bread and the cup. And most of you boys and girls are outside for that. But today we're going to ask you to come back in and uh, stand right here in the front. And uh, Pastor Sharon and uh, seminary graduate certified ready for call Amy. (laughs) We're all going to bless you. And I want you to think about whether we will bless your mind, if you're a thinker. We'll bless your hands, if you're a doer. And bless your heart, if you are a a lover. So we will lay our hand upon your head, your chest, your hands. And if you want a short blessing, you come to me. If you want a medium blessing, you come to Amy. If you want a long blessing, you come to Sharon. Will you remember that? Are you a thinker, a lover, a doer? You might say, bless all of me. You might. We'll see. Let's fold our hands and bow our heads and pray. Oh God, we are grateful that we receive your blessings day by day, health, strength, family, friends, this spiritual family, our church. Bless each child, each student, each adult here as we come seeking your blessing in this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we'll see you back between the bread and the cup, okay? Here we go. We're going to do a song today that we have not done in a little while, but we used to do all the time. Some of you will remember and feel like yesterday, and others it may take a second. The good news is, in the chorus is, we sing the line and then repeat it. So if you don't know it, you can repeat it. It goes like this.
Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our Thank you. My brothers and sisters in Christ, if we say we have no sin, then we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In humility and faith, let us together confess our sins before God and neighbor. Holy and merciful God, in your presence we confess our sinfulness, our shortcomings, and our offenses against you. You alone know how often we have sinned in wandering from your ways, in wasting your gifts, in forgetting your love. Have mercy on us, O Lord, for we are ashamed and sorry for all we have done to displease you. Forgive our sins and help us to live in your light and walk in your ways for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Hear the good news. Who among us is in a position to condemn? None of us, only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone. A new life has begun. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Amen.
Thank you, choir. We have two scriptures before us on this transfiguration of the Lord's Sunday in year cycle C. The first is from the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 34. Let us listen for God's word to us. Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke with them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face, but whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining, and Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. And the gospel lesson on this transfiguration of the Lord's Sunday is taken from Luke 9. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. The word of the Lord. Let us bow together in prayer. Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry this day for heavenly food, that it may nourish us in the ways of eternal life through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Last Monday, I visited and prayed with an old friend. His name is Horace. I first got to know Horace when I served the Brentwood Presbyterian Church back in 2006. Horace is a diabetic, and two churches and a few years later after Brentwood, I was contacted recently by a doctor friend who said Horace uh, needed a kidney to remain alive. 
I was serving at that time the first Presbyterian Church of Portland, and through some pretty miraculous circumstances, a kidney became available. And since Portland on the West Coast is the center for veterans' kidney and liver transplant, Horace flew north for the operation, and we arranged for veterans in our congregation, these lovely retired guys, to stay with Horace after his operation 24-7 for three weeks. Horace recovered, and oh, by the way, traveled to Scandinavia, Europe, Israel, Egypt, and all through the southeast portion of Asia, mostly by boat. But complications have set in, and Horace is mostly paralyzed now from the neck down. And I visited him last Monday at the Veterans Hospital in in Long Beach. And yet in all of this, Horace is radiant. Horace is optimistic about his future. There's a twinkle in his eyes. He is joyful in his spirit. He even sneaks off in his power wheelchair to movies in Long Beach. Horace's face shines, and one can't help seeing something of God in Horace's face. It's like our transfiguration scriptures. Today's scriptures tell us all about the glory of God, something of God in us. In Exodus 34, we heard the mysterious story of Moses coming down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, the second giving of the Ten Commandments. The commandment had been given by God broken by the people, and now given to the people again. But without knowing it, the writer tells us that Moses' face, his appearance had changed. Moses' face had lightened because he had been talking with God. That change that Moses underwent is so vivid, so dramatic, that the people of God could not even look on his face, the presence of God, changing the appearance of Moses, something of God in Moses' face. Today is the last Sunday of Epiphany. It's the Sunday before Lent. Today is Transfiguration of the Lord's Sunday. In Sunday school, we used to call it Spooky Sunday. And on this Sunday, we have this mysterious, even bizarre story of the transfiguration of Jesus and the appearance of long-dead Moses and Elijah to Peter and James and John. And we too are going to see something of God in the face of Jesus this morning as well. Today's gospel lesson comes from Luke 9 with parallel versions in Mark and Matthew. Earlier in this ninth chapter, we see King Herod, hearing of the marvelous deeds of Jesus. Herod, learning that folks of the day were saying that Jesus was John the Baptist, risen from the dead, or that Jesus was the prophet Elijah, whom people had expected would return before the coming of the Messiah. The perplexed Herod, John, I... I beheaded, but 
Who is this about whom I hear such things? Jesus' reputation had preceded him, and Herod wanted to set up a meeting. Later in this chapter 9, Peter answers Herod's question, Who is Jesus? And Peter answers, You are the Messiah, the anointed one, the chosen of God. And of course, when Peter confesses that Jesus is the Messiah, he raises more questions than answers because there are all sorts of differing definitions of Jesus as Messiah. Jesus himself, when Peter acclaimed him as the Christ, ordered, commanded Peter and the others not to tell anyone of his identity, indicating that our Lord's Messiahship may have been more complicated and more difficult than even the disciples understood. Jesus warned his followers, including us, as we begin Lent this Wednesday, that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering, be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, anyone who was religiously important, and be killed. And since only Rome held the power of the sword, Jesus was to be rejected by anyone who was politically important too. Yet on the third day, he would be raised from the dead, but don't tell a soul. The transfiguration story in Luke 9, 28 to 36 is just another way of answering Herod's question. Who is this about whom I hear such things? In other words, who is Jesus? Who is the Messiah? And Luke answers this with the transfiguration story. I have a friend who's a pastor in Portland, and she gives a little introduction uh, during the week to her coming sermon, and I'll have her speak about what she said to her congregation. It's that time of year. We have come to the end of the season of Epiphany, and this Sunday is the Sunday of the Transfiguration. When we read this story that Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell, when Jesus takes Peter and James and John up the mountain and he is transfigured, and Moses and Elijah appear with him. And then next week, we start Lent. I'll have to admit, this is not my favorite Sunday, and the story of the Transfiguration is not my favorite story in the Bible. I don't know what to do with it year after year, but I think ultimately the story gets down to mystery. The mystery of who Jesus is, the mystery of the divine, and maybe even the mystery of God's love for us. We could talk about resurrection, we could talk about... Jesus giving this message just to a few disciples. We could talk about mountaintop experiences and then coming back to day-to-day -day life, but ultimately, I think this week we'll talk a little bit about mystery. I hope you'll join us for worship at 10.30 when we'll also celebrate the Lord's Supper and after worship have the youth fundraiser share the love. We'll see you Sunday and peace be with you. So Luke describes that Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. Often our Lord went on such retreats, mostly by himself. Mountains were Hebrew places where the faithful met God. 
And on this occasion of retreat, Jesus took with him the inner three disciples, Peter and the brothers James and John. Luke tells us that while Jesus was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white as if the veil of Jesus' humanity, the humanity that especially Luke's gospel is so careful to display, as if that veil of Christ's humanity is raised just for a moment and the three disciples view the Messiah in his divinity as Son of God and glory, seeing something of God in this Jesus. In the midst of this divine disclosure, two figures appear. First, the supreme lawgiver of Israel, the man Moses, and secondly, the most important and prominent prophet of Israel, the man Elijah. These are two central figures of Israel's past, representing all the law in Moses and all of the prophets in Elijah. And that's the first answer to Herod's question of who is Jesus. Jesus is the law of God, and Jesus is the prophet of God. From Israel's past, Jesus is both the teaching and the preaching of God. So what is God teaching you? Well... Listen to Jesus. That's why all the scriptures in our Lenten season will be focused on the teaching and preaching and ministry of Jesus. He is God's Moses. He is God's Elijah. So let's try in Lent together to learn a new commandment of Jesus. Maybe it's the commandment of forsaking jealousy or controlling our anger or becoming a peacemaker at home. We have Lenten booklets that you may pick up today, and it's going to walk you through the greatest sermon of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Let's try in Lent to change our hearts and ways in response to Jesus, the preacher of the Sermon on the Mount, loving an enemy, giving away treasure, not worrying about the future that's in God's hands. How many warriors are here? Jesus is God's Moses, God's lawgiver. Jesus is God's Elijah, God's preacher. Secondly, in this transfiguration story, we're going to learn that Jesus is our sacrifice. We see that in what Jesus, Moses, and Elijah are talking about there up on the mountain. Jesus foretold his suffering and death to all his disciples, The Son of Man must undergo great suffering and rejection and even death. And here Moses and Elijah are both speaking about our Lord's departure, about his departure. During Lent several years ago at Wilshire and Brentwood, we read Marcus Borg and John Dominic Crossan's The Last Week. Have you seen this book? It's excellent. It's about the last week of our Lord's life from Palm Sunday to Good Friday. It's informative, it's provocative, it has many strengths, one weakness, and I take exception to this. They say that Jesus was the victim of Roman injustice. A victim. The Gospels nowhere teach that our Lord was a victim of Roman or any other kind of injustice. 
from this transfiguration story, we know that Jesus' death was an accomplishment. Elijah, Moses, Jesus are all speaking in this mysterious story about our Lord's departure, which he was about to, and that's the word, accomplish at Jerusalem. He says it three times to his disciples in this chapter. The Son of Man must be killed, verse 22. He set his face toward Jerusalem and Samaria, verse 51. And he is determined to accomplish his death here on the mountaintop with Elijah and Moses. They're speaking about his departure, verse 31, which he is about to accomplish at Jerusalem. What did Jesus accomplish in his death? He set his face. He was determined, not victimized, but determined to fully and freely pardon your sin and mine. The sixth word of the cross is, it is finished. That's a auctioneering, bargaining term. It, it, the auctioneer would put down the gavel and say, telestasi, done. Redemption is accomplished, yours and mine, at the cross. Jesus even died by his own determination. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Finished our salvation, accomplished our pardon. So in this transfiguration story, this spooky story, it's all about Jesus' preacher and teacher, all about Jesus' sacrifice to God, and finally from this transfiguration story, this is all about Jesus' risen from God. Just as the transfiguration story anticipates the death of Jesus, that will not be the final word. This story is all about glory. They appeared in glory, verse 31, and they saw his glory, verse 32. Lots of faces in this transfiguration story points to Christ's glory, the dazzling white face and clothing. Even sleepy disciples are awakened. The cloud overcoming to shadow them terrifies them. It all gives way to the ascension. And we're going to look at the ascension in late May. Remember the cloud at the ascension? removing our Lord from the sight of the disciples. It's all here in this transfiguration story. Who is Jesus? He is the risen one of God. And why is that so important to us? Why do we care that Jesus was raised from the dead? Said the apostle in Romans 6, just as Christ was raised from the dead, so you who have died in him will be united with him in his resurrection. We will be raised with him in new life. So today we are finishing Epiphany. We're going to take this banner down, Bob. And we're going to put a new banner up, Lenten Longings, for next week. So I pray that in this 40 days, this intentional time of reflection, we may see in Lent Christ as Moses, our teacher, Christ as Elijah, our preacher, and may we be led to gratitude, patience, humility, change a habit, an attitude, mend a relationship, let go of the past. And in this Transfiguration Sunday, we may see glory. So we say glory to God, our Creator, glory to Christ, our Redeemer, and glory to the Spirit, our Advocate and Companion. So maybe the pastor is right after all. This story, this spooky story, is all about mystery. Shall we pray? 
We are listening, O God. We listen today to you. A word of hope, of challenge, of good news. May we be transformed, transfigured by your word to us. And may in this coming season of Lent find Jesus anew and afresh in our waiting hearts. We pray in his precious name. Amen. Our hymn of response is all about this spooky story. Please rise and let us sing together. We now respond to the good news of God's grace in Christ by waiting upon you for our morning tithes and offerings. Our ushers will please come forward.
please be seated. And we do invite all to this table of grace. This is Christ's table, and you are welcome in the faith of Christ. Um, as the bread comes to us, we will partake of that bread uh, as it comes, symbolizing our personal commitment to our Lord. And then as the cup comes, we'll hold the cup and then we'll share the cup together, symbolizing our, our community of faith. Beloved in Christ, the gospel tells us that on the first day of the week, Jesus Christ was raised from death, appeared to Mary Magdalene, on the same day sat at table with two disciples and was made known to them in the breaking of bread. This is the joyful feast of the people of God. Men and women, youth and children come from east and west and north and south to gather about Christ's table. This table is for all Christians, all who wish to know the presence of Christ in their hearts, all who wish to share in the community of God's people. Will you pray with me? You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. On a lonely mountain, his human body was transfigured by your divine splendor. In his face, we have glimpsed your glory. In his life, we see your love. For your image is untarnished in him, and the burden of human sorrow and suffering could not diminish his reflection of your holiness. The world was dark at his death, but the light of his life could not be extinguished. From the grave, he rose like the sun with blinding power and radiant peace. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. By your one, by your spirit, make us one with Christ, that we may be one who share with all who share this feast, united in ministry in every place. And united in ministry, we pray for those that we know need your healing touch. And we ask you to be with Patrick Thompson, who is in the hospital. We ask you to be with Buzz Coslin. And we celebrate that Cindy Farless had successful surgery. Illumine our lives, O God, with the radiance of Christ's love and inspire us to shine in faith and witness as his holy disciples. Transform us into his likeness that we may live for you as he lived and loved others, as he loved them. Give us strength to serve you faithfully until the promised day of resurrection, when with the redeemed of all ages, we will feast with you at your table in glory. Through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. On the night that our Lord was betrayed, he gathered with his followers. And after he took bread... And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. Take, eat, and do so in remembrance of me. And we say to you, take, eat, in remembrance of our Lord.
We invite our children and our young people to come forward for blessings. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he blessed the cup. And he said, this is the cup of the new promise, the new covenant in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. The Apostle Paul writes, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. people of God, friends in Christ, the cup of salvation, all of you drink. Shall we pray? Gracious God, we have tasted the bread of life. We have enjoyed the cup of salvation. We pray that you empower us this week to be your faithful disciples. Uh, we go with you. We go in your blessing through Christ our Lord. Amen. Yeah. Our hymn of commitment is a hymn that I remember from my camp days. I know a fount where sins are washed away. We'll stand and, and sing this chorus twice. may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each one this day, this night, in this season of Epiphany and forevermore. Amen.
This is Pastor Charles Svensson again, and we invite you at any point to come and worship with us here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa. We trust that God has been honored by this worship service and that you have been blessed. God be with you.